Hi and welcome to Pet Talk. Today we're going to be giving you a review of the Bahrain Grand Prix. So make sure, if you haven't already watched that, go watch it because there will be spoilers. And yeah, I'm Zainab. I'm Pia. I'm Ayla. And I'm Bo. And I just want to say, as a first race of the season, we already have it was a, a one-two. It was. Yeah. It had everything. We do. Half on that. Everything we needed. I, mm, I'm not really sure about that. Because I loved the battles between um, Charles and Max up that period. That was just amazing. But the rest of the race, besides from the end, was a bit dull. I'm not going to lie. Nothing much happened in that mid-race. I think some things did happen in the midfield. A lot of overtakes, like Bottas, yeah, like not having the best start, then dropping back to 16, 16 or 17, and then Horrible making his start. way back to 6, I think he was in the end. We've seen some great, and also, I think, a show, or I'm not yeah. sure if I pronounce him correctly, he did some great overtakes takes i think and yeah i also think you know how they were going on about how um this year it would be much closer racing i think they were definitely saying the truth about that because see for the first like i want to say 15 laps you could see how bunched up like pretty much all the fields were yeah it was amazing like i can remember when when max was first time catching up on Shawl and like the commentators on our TV they said like yeah he's 9th 10th off he won't make it and then he was like with the DRS effect on the Red Bull he was catching up so fast and he made that overtake and I was like oh my god this would have never happened last year or in any year before and I was just oh my god this racing got so much better yeah okay but continuing on that if you if I remember correctly, when I saw Max and Charles battle, Max could cover so much ground with his DRS wing open on the straights. Yeah. So I think fast. there was like I, 46 uh, kph advantage. I think I read that somewhere. Could be wrong, but a lot. It could be wrong. It was just, you could see it happening. I was like, hmm. Yeah. You can I... even see it with your eye. That's crazy. Gave some great battles between Max and Charles up front. God, I loved every second of it. And Charles was so smart. Like, he, he let Max overtake, and, and then he just snatched it back and turned four, I think. It was he really used to watch. it. Yeah. He used it to his advantage with the second DRS. Uh, yeah. Second DRS. And, and also with the that he had less uh, degradation. Like, Ferrari was so... Everything was perfect at Ferrari this week. I feel bad for saying I Ferrari, didn't believe in note, Ferrari. On the Ferrari note, I've got a stat for you. Because um, you know me, I like my stats. So, um, before uh, yesterday, Ferrari were winless in their last 45 races. That's the second longest, longest winless streak 
in the whole of Ferrari history. The longest they've done is 59 in a row from Spain 1990 to Germany 1994. And the last Ferrari win was also a 1 2 finish, and that was Singapore 2019. I remember um, that one. That was great. And also, just another stat uh, Leclerc is the first Monegasque driver to ever lead the Formula One World Championship. Woo! Go, Shal. It was great. I think we can all agree on that it was a great race with a lot of things to talk about here. So There are so many things to talk about. So let's continue yeah. to the next. Ferrari had a 1-2. Mercedes had the third and fourth place. Yeah, I, I think I've never seen Tojo so happy about being third and fourth. Like, I mean... This would have been last year. He would have been devastated. Can you imagine now, Mercedes were the ones with the most advantage of Red Bull falling out, of course, because otherwise two Red Bulls would have probably became third and fourth and Mercedes fifth and sixth. So I can imagine Toto's happiness when they secured that third and fourth place. They did. It was like, it was tough for me as a Red Bull fan. But I was just happy for Ferrari. Then I saw, like, yeah, Mercedes is back there with their lucky. Red Bull yeah. was just so unlucky, this race. It it hurted me. <laughs> it did. But yeah, let's just hope they will come back even stronger and have a good weekend and party. Moving on to um, going back to Mercedes, in fact, we should talk about McLaren. Oh my god. Don't don't I don't <laughs> want to think about, I don't want to think about McLaren or Aston Martin because it's it hurts. It just hurts. And Williams. And Williams. I mean every Mercedes powered car. Yeah. It I mean when Merce- Mercedes hear me, when McLaren said I don't think we're going to compete. I thought, oh, they're going to drop down to the midfield. I didn't think they would become the new Haas. Yeah. Like, imagine Williams, McLaren, and Aston Martin fighting for eight. That's... I was shook. Yeah. There was barely any fight. And I... I was like, yeah, Ricardo is overtaking someone. And then he took Latifi for 15th. I mean, they went from a 1-2 in Monza last year to... A 13 and 14, I think. With DNFs. It was actually, if I come up here on my official race notebook, um, Norris was 13th and Ricardo was 18th. Oh no, that's what that. 15th and 14th, that was my fault. Qualifying Ricardo was just, he just wasn't on it. Yeah, their cars aren't on it either. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably really hard for Ricardo because he just didn't have that much running in the car like Lando did, just because of his COVID. So that is not an excuse for him. Like, I hate to be mean and all, but think of Hulkenberg and Magnussen. I wasn't that impressed. Hulkenberg literally missed 
Did he miss practice as well? I think he missed. I think no, he, he didn't. No, oh. he did all three practice sessions. Oh, Otherwise, okay. you wouldn't be allowed. Oh. Think of him and um, and Magnuson. Like they haven't been in a in a F1 car for absolutely ages. So you can't say it's like it's like because uh, Daniel hasn't done testing and stuff. It's like I'm sorry to say it, but he's just not on it. It's definitely not just and the that car is one. rubbish. No, I agree with no, that. He needs to um, level up his his game and come back to where he used to be. As somebody who likes Daniel Ricciardo a lot, uh, he's just not performing as well as Lando no. in any race. I think it will Except probably for Monza. be that one time. Yeah, but I love Daniel Rick. I think everyone does. He's definitely one of my he's favorite great. drivers. But yeah. He's not. He's underperforming at the moment, and he really needs to come back to his old form because his Renault and his second Renault year, and also his years at at Red Bull, he's shown some amazing performances. Can I just add something to that? Of course. Well, this time last season, he wasn't doing well with his start in the McLaren for the 2021 season. Like, he came P16 in Le Castellet, I want to say, the French Grand Prix. And um, his Monaco Grand Prix wasn't great. Oh my god, that hurt. <laughs> and then, boom, Monza, P1. So. Okay, I feel like we're now just, now I'm just gonna yes, push the ground more, but one that was one race. I feel like one, yeah, it was one race, and also that was very much a team thing. I feel like Lando was just being nice. He definitely could have won that easily, but I feel like he just wanted to give, and the team just wanted to give Ricardo that like boost of hope. About Monza, I also, oh sorry, for Monza to add, like he also had like an amazing quality, had an amazing sprint sprint race. So it's not just that he definitely outperformed Lando that weekend. That was yeah, one of but his I mean, that great was one weekends. Weekend. Yeah, like you one know, of twenty. That's that's not enough. Time. Yeah, in F one you have to perform, or else you're out. Every single Gone. race. Can I just say, he upped his game for the other half of the season. You're all saying it was one weekend, and yes, yes, it was. But he wasn't competing P16 and P18 after those races. He was higher. No, I'm not saying like he got podium, like, but he was higher than he was at the beginning of the 2021 season. He was. I, but we should go back to the Bahrain yet. Grand Prix. Yes, we Talking should. About Nico Hülkenberg. I just <laughs> mixed German and English. Hülkenberg. Nico Hülkenberg. Nico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nico Wilkenberg. Anyways, I'm like gonna try it. <laughs> he outperformed Stroll in qualifying, and you all know I'm a big Stroll fan. But he's the worst qualifier on, on the grid, so it wasn't really that big of achievement from Nico. Yeah, but also it was because it was, it was a great 
performance. I'm not the biggest Lance Stroll fan. I'm, I feel neutral about him. But Nico Hülkenberg, he got in. He got that seat because Seb got COVID. He had a couple of practices he had to run. Qualifying, out-qualified him. And then the race. I don't know. I, I feel like for him, for getting in that car, it's it shows that he still got it. Yeah, I liked seeing him back. I liked seeing him back. Definitely. But yeah, he out-qualified Stroll, who is, as I said, the worst qualifier on the grid, except for when it's raining. Uh, but yeah, his race pace wasn't as good as Lance's, but I don't blame him. him. He hasn't had any running for, I think, in 2020 he drove his last race when Lance had COVID. And in 21, he didn't drive a race and not any practice. So it's impressive what he did and that it definitely shows that he can still do it. Um, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I not really hope. But if another Formula One driver does get COVID or they have to cut out of a race for some reason, I'm excited to see some other drivers perform. Yeah, and me too. Hopefully, Nico Hülkenberg, Hülkenberg will be able to come back on the track because I just want him to get a podium. To be honest, he's had so oh, that many, would be so cool. So many races, not an Aston Martin. No, it's not going to happen in Aston Martin. The Aston Martin is in a no man's land this season. Yeah. Well, he, uh, together with McLaren. Yeah, I'm afraid that Seb won't stay if they don't don't become become better. I'm really afraid that Seb will just retire. Oh, don't say stuff like that. Because then it will happen. And then that's the same going to be with Daniel Ricciardo. And I don't want... Oh my God. <laughs> don't... Well, actually, yeah. no. we, I don't want to think about it. Let's go on to the next point. <laughs> What's okay. next on the list to talk about? Well, now we talked about No Man's Land. Let's go a bit up. Let's go to Williams. And uh, Albon is it finishing above Nicholas Alex. <laughs> I was so impressed with his qualifying performance. I didn't think Williams would make it to Q2. Me neither. But he did. And he outperformed Latifi by one second in quality, I think. It was impressing. I mean, for Latifi, who also drove last year. Yeah. To be outqualified by George almost every weekend. And now already in the first race by Alex. <laughs> yeah. I like, don't know. It he definitely, if he wants to keep his seat, he should at least be on the same pace and challenge uh, Albon and also outperform Albon sometimes. I mean, when Checo was always a second behind Max, there was always, he needs to perform better because he's in the Red Bull. I think it goes for any car. If you're a yeah, second like, behind your teammate, you got to up your game. Yeah, and the first person you're going to be compared to in Formula 1 is your teammate because you're in the same car and you can be judged like your teammate and your teammate is also always the first one you should want to beat Coming off your thing Pia, this is going to sound very Will Buxton again, but your <laughs> okay. teammate is your biggest rival in yeah. Formula 1 You've always, You always have to prove like out-qualifying them and getting higher than them in races and getting points so the team can kind of trust you. Not, mm, I don't know how to say it really, 
but so they can get that hope in you that you can make the team stronger and build it higher in the constructors. It's hard, hard to say, but I think I think know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like also, your goal should always be to be better than your teammates. Also, I think we should really move on to the Haas domination. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine Haas got more points in one race than they did the two years before? Kevin That's mental. Kevin K-Mac came from a vacation and scored a P5 in a half. I mean, I I had hope for a half. For you. I've got a stat. This is only the fifth time Haas has ever scored in the top five. And it comes after they scored zero points in 2021 and only three points in 2020. Wow. That's impressive. I really hope Mick can perform the season so he can get some points past. Mick, Mick has to level up his game if K-Mac perform, continues to perform like this. Mick has a point to prove. He does. I mean, it's it's not his rookie season anymore. No, there are no excuses. I just want to say, Mick, um, he got P11, which is his career best finish. So it wasn't he was very close to getting in the points. I think if it wasn't for the spin on first lap, he he would have challenged for P10 or maybe even a P9. Yeah. I think actually, Mick, um, on the safety lap, safety car lap, formation lap, to clear away um, Pierre Gasly's car, which we will obviously be talking about. Um, he was in P10 when they did the laps of the safety. Yeah. But then Yuki Tsunoda... Overtake him when it ended, so he could have got into the points for that race. I don't. I think he just Yuki was just ready to get into the points, and I feel like Mick was kind of. Oh, I don't. I don't have the words. Was kind of taking his time in a way to get up and running, but then Yuki was just like full power. Let's go get in the points. I mean, he had to. Gasly was out. And yeah. Yuki definitely has a point to prove. If he wants to stay in F1, he has to be on Pierre's level and even sometimes outperform him. Because I didn't see Helmut Marko keeping him for any longer if he doesn't outperform him. There needs to be a moment he gets at least on the same level as Pierre. Yeah, I mean, there are five Red Bull Juniors in Formula 2, so plenty to choose from if Yuki doesn't perform. He's under a lot of pressure, I think. Speaking of Red Bulls, can we talk about how only three of the four Red Bull powertrains powered cars... uh, Don't break my heart. Don't break my heart again. I am still recovering from that. Of course we can talk about that. Yeah, me too. What a shit show. <laughs> I have no other words. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any words to say. It's Yeah, car Pierre's car suddenly. I was so scared when I saw the fire. I got gross. What the fuck? Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't get Groshan vibes, I'm sorry. Because with Groshan, he got in the barrier and it was like one big flame that came out of it. And this was at the back of his car and he put it safely and it got out so quick. A mini Groshan. Mini, mini. Was, like the only thing reminding me of Groshan was that he was exactly the same spot. So Dead. I was like, <laughs> that was where Groshan's accident happened. And I mean, the only good thing we took from that is the safety regulations on the car that have changed, so... Mm. From Grosjean's accident. Yeah. Well, so when um, Pierre Gassi managed to get out the car and the fire was extinguished, I'm not really 100% sure what happened, but there were, like, these sort of patchy, like... Why do we? ...on the side of his car. Do we know if his... If his engine is like that now, because uh, Horner said that both Rebel engines are fine and they don't need to be changed, but what about Pierre's engine? Well, obviously, if anything put fire in his car, they'll have to change it, of course. But I'm really yeah, not... but do they need to change the whole power unit or just some parts of it? I mean, if I, they can um... fix it. Yeah. I was looking. I was actually looking into that this morning because I was curious. And Franz Toft, he hasn't said anything, but from like photos and things, it looks like the and majority of the engine parts weren't that damaged. It's kind of like just more the um, like the shell of the car rather than the internal parts of it that got damaged. Good. The fire didn't really manage to reach anything. If you get my gist. Okay, so maybe they just need to change like one part, and it's not not the whole power unit. That that's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That we had Max's steering problem, which was probably caused by a check during the pit stop. He had so many problems. Yeah. Like he can be furious with with his team at this point. I think. I mean, I completely understand any driver that is furious at this team at the race because adrenaline, Yeah, uh, you want to perform great. So I'm not surprised if he's still a bit angry. I mean, it's not a great way to start your season. No. Especially no. also not with Not when Checo you're the out. reigning champion. <laughs> yeah. And on something mechanical, like if you have... A puncture or something. Then you know you push too hard. But if it's mechanical. Technical failures always hurt. Yeah, they um, do. Yeah, do we know if it's the fuel pump or if it's anything else? Like, any news on that? I haven't um, seen new you... news. I did some research. That it was a fuel pump. But we don't know. I mean, we. I, I'm... I did some research. I don't think okay. it's connected. But Pierre Gassi's car had fire before um, in the same place in 2020, October, with the practice session in the Portugal Grand Prix. His, um, his motor caught fire. Okay. I, I can't remember that. But... I don't particularly. I do remember that. Have you um, read anything about I, the Red Bull, or haven't they made like an official statement yet? 
Maybe they're uh, still figuring it out themselves. I'm reading something. Yeah, I made a statement. And it's actually cracked me up. No, they say it's not the fuel pump. And in this article, it says that um, they were trying that they are trying to find a reason why the su fuel supply suddenly stopped during the race. And then it goes on. The team has to hurry. So they're okay. still trying to find out. Oh my god, what is let's, going on. let's hope they'll come back and fight the Ferraris again. This is from today. So, But it's the first day. They have a couple of days to figure it out. For sure. But they're like now in a 44-point gap to Ferrari. And that's concerning if they want to fight for team or driver's championship. And I'm sure they want to fight for they both. Can. I'm sure that we have to make it up. Sorry, uh, I didn't hear it. They've got 23 races. No, they've got yeah. 22 races left. I'm sure they will be able to make that up. I no, mean, 44 will... points is a lot. Yeah, but you must also... I mean, we saw it with Max. He was back in Silverstone. He was ahead. so many points ahead. And then a couple of races, bad luck, punctures, collisions, and suddenly we ended up with zero point difference in the last race. So there is always, especially in title fights, that yeah, for sure, that you crash or fall out. So if he will compete, then I can only imagine Charles and Carlos also falling out at least once. Due to I could anything. even see them crashing out like each other. Oh, I don't want a Mercedes 2016. Me too. Well, uh, I don't want that, but I could see it happen. I mean, I think they're the strongest driver pairing on the grid right now, and they're in a competitive car, in a very competitive car indeed. Uh, so I could see them battling hard and maybe even crashing out. Um, I've just done some research. It may not be too much information, but I just did some on the um, Autosport website, which you should check out. It is really interesting. Um, it says here that both of the power units of the RB18s were starved of fuel. And basically, in other words, the fuel system of the RB18 had failed and it wasn't picking up the last few litres that are supposed to get the cars to the checkered flag. Okay. It's not much information, but it is something. In that case, that means it is a fuel pump problem, which can turn out to be a bigger problem because the fuel pump is a part that is the same for all of the cars. Yeah, that's a standard part. By the FIA, yeah. Yeah. Like, hopefully the FIA and all the other teams uh, are looking into that too because if this is going to be a problem for all teams throughout the season I don't want it because it's going to break so many hearts I broke um, mine yeah I don't want anyone to experience what we as Red Bull fans experienced this weekend I mean I I'm not sure what you want team. more being a Red Bull fan and having to watch both Sergio and Max fall out, or being a McLaren fan and not seeing a battle. Hurts. I don't know which one I is worse. Actually... 
don't think I've actually um, picked up on this about Alvaro's four points. And Bottas, um, he qualified P6 against Hamilton, his, which I think is actually... I love really that. <laughs> the Ferrari engine looks decent this season. Well, I we just won't... really... Sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just really loved seeing Bottas, like, P6. I mean, in of course it's an Alfa Romeo, and you always, like, you can't expect where they're going to stand in a new season, but to have Bottas in the Alfa Romeo to stand next to Lewis Hamilton starting grid, it just feels funny and somehow yeah. a bit familiar. Also, I like that Joe. one. Oh, yeah, he did amazing. He did amazing for his yeah. first race. I was so impressed by him. I, I didn't have any expectations from him, but what I saw, I absolutely loved. His overtakes were fair. They were very well executed. And I just loved that he just went for the move. He wasn't too shy, but he wasn't too aggressive. He had his elbows a bit out, but it was still super fair. I, I just loved everything they showed from him. I was so impressed. I feel like he stood his ground, but also knew how to respect the experience of other drivers. Like, he yeah. really fit his style into that. I really like that. I'm actually, now I have pretty high standards from him, and I hope he can... We were so mean. Yeah, I didn't expect anything from him. I was like, maybe he's a, a, another Mazepin, but he showed in one race more glimpses of talent yeah thank you uh then then Mazepin did over the whole last season yes i agree with that and i mean i'm not a Mazepin fan but i mean you can't really compare because Ma he would look at the half that year yeah the house last year was yeah we don't talk about that terrible car. i mean yeah. Of course, the Haas was why they would never would never compete last year in any battles. But the spins weren't always the Haas's fault. It's also the driver not feeling confident and familiar in a car. So it's a bit both for Mazepin last year. Just um, uh, to, sorry, just going back to um, Zhao Zhao, um. He just casually racing a seven-time world champion wheel-to-wheel. -wheel. I mean, it's just so impressive. Uh, sorry, that was very off-topic. I'm just going to put that in there. No worries. We were talking about him. So should we move on to the next point? Yes, we should. Because we have a team we haven't talked about yet. And it's Alpine. Alpine. I mean, they were a long time solid point together. Finish. That was really good. But they were also solid together. Like, when I saw them, it was always one in front of the other. Yeah. <laughs> really matching but paces. I have to say, I was really impressed with Ocon's race pace. Yes. He was... There was, like, this big hype about him last season, which I... 
I mean, he had some great performances, like in Hungary and also in Saudi, where he almost got third. Uh, but like this race was really good. And last also, last year he had like in the in the mid of the season he had like some really poor races, where he got out in Q1 like I think four or five times in a row. So also but, Alonso's qualifying. P8, that was his best qualifying, I think, since maybe 2014, I want to say, 2015, something like that. So, proud. Are you sure? I think he qualified higher last season. No, I don't think yeah. he did. I saw some stats somewhere. I think I might have been crossy okay. saying it on the day. Okay, maybe. I had him, like, on a P5 or P6, like, in my mind. I was like, he... Sh- he sh- had that done last season, but I wouldn't bet on it, so. It was a solid weekend for Alpine, I think. Very solid. And also the Renault engine looks good. I'm excited to see them. Uh, because I, I I don't really have like an order of the teams right now, like which team will be the strongest, which team will be the weakest. And I'm not even sure about who's going to be competing in the midfield. So I think we can. I think we're going to be able to see a half win this year, which I'm yeah, so excited. That for. could be me too. At least on a podium, I want a podium. I, for I could Haas. see a podium from Haas, definitely. I mean, we probably shouldn't hype them up too much because I'm sure there will be tracks where they are not that good. But I can see them have scoring a podium for sure like so, in a crazy also, race i want to say like i low-key kind of feel bad for mazapin i mean like he he was literally ju- there just because of the money and has u- literally used all that money to develop this year's car which he isn't able to race and i feel like that is going to be a problem for them because of sponsorship money and things because of the fact that they use like Euro Eurocali money to develop this year's car, and Mazepin's obviously not driving it. Yeah, I mean, it was an unfortunate situation with the Ukraine conflict, but I I get why Haas dropped him because yeah, from as far as I know, he's he and his dad are both banned too travel to the European Union and yeah in the UK they are also not allowed to race and I'm pretty sure if they can't travel to the European Union probably uh, USA and Canada are also saying like no you can't come here so and, and what's a driver that can do like 10 races out of 23 that's not worth it um just going back to what Zainab said about Alonso's qualifying, I just did some research, and he actually qualified P3 for the Qatar Grand Prix last year. Did he? Yeah. I mean, I can really? remember him on the podium on that race, but qualifying? Yeah, apparently he did qualify. Yeah. Oh, um, I think he... Yeah, it, here it says on the Formula 1 website. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you know how to Google. 
And just I believe <laughs> I believe you know how to Google, but I don't believe that Google is good at telling the truth. Well, just in case, I just thought I'd put it out there. But I'm trying to find the actual Formula One website to clarify it because there are a lot of changes on the Qatar grid, if I remember correctly. Because of like Bottas. Yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't that like the one with uh, double wave yellows in Q2 and Max, Sainz, and Gasly oh, had, that a, was had a good penalty? I think that was that race. But still, even if he started third, he must have qualified sixth if all of them were in front of him and then. Okay, so here, um, since March Bottas got the penalty for, I think it was track limits? I'm not 100% sure. But he dropped down to P6, which okay. Alonso to qualify from P5 up to P4. You're right. And then Max had the double yellows, which dropped him down. So that makes Pierre Gasly on the front row and Fernando Alonso P3. Oh, yeah. It did. It did. I have the stats. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, me too. I can now remember that Gia was like starting from the front row but finishing P11 or something like that, at least outside of the points. That was heartbreaking yeah. for him. Okay, but back to this year's Bahrain Grand Prix. Yes. Uh, anything else we haven't covered yet? I, don't, I think we've done everything, really. Yeah, we did, I think except so too. for Fettel not racing. Oh, no, I still what? have one thing to say. Yes. Uh, about uh, Ricardo having recovered from COVID just uh, recently and Seb currently suffer suffering from COVID. Um, do you think it will like limit their performances in anything like... I think Lewis said he still struggles from uh, from when he had it. So, do you think it will like have any impact on them too? Oh, um, like I don't, I don't, th I don't hope it I will. I don't think but... it does now. I don't think that will have think as so. much impact now as the first couple of waves did. Um, of Hopefully. course, it is for everybody different. Recently. Charles has it fairly recently, I believe, and it hasn't. It didn't impact any of his performances, I don't think. And I think a few of the other drivers might have had it recently, and I don't remember it affecting. Him. I mean, I, I can just say it from my perspective how it was for me. Like when I had it, like my lungs really hurt when I had it, and I was always like, "Oh my god!" Like when I was just walking up stairs or anything I, I could really feel it but when I like 10 days after I had it it was it was completely gone and back to normal so I I just hope that it's going to be the same for the drivers because yeah it, it would be horrible if they can't perform at their level anymore and obviously um Kimi has gone now sadly but he had COVID for Zambor and Kubica replaced him. And I know that Kimi isn't the most open to the media, but he seemed to be all right with the last races of the few season. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think we oh, shouldn't underestimate that. Ayla, so. you've now got me like wallowing in depression because Kimmy's not here anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It feels weird seeing F1 without Kimmy. It does. I'm very sad to bring this up again, but there will be a couple retirements soon with Seb and Fernando. Lewis. Don't! I think also Danny Rick. And Danny Rick. Yeah. He's younger than the others. He'll stay a couple more. Yes, but also performance-wise. And Checo, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think Checo and Danny Rick are almost the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking, Checo debuted in, I think, maybe 2010, 2011. He's been here for, like, 2011, both. I think, I think Danny Rick and Checo had their first Grand Prix together, like they were rookies in the same year, I think. I think it was in 2011 for both. I think think it was 2011, too. To be honest, I don't think I was watching Formula One in 2011, but I think, hmm... I know Checo made his debut for Sauber and Danny Rick, I think, for BMW. Yeah. Oh. That feels like ages ago. Also, just going back to um, retirements, I think Bottas, I know he's younger than, like, Checo and Danny Rick, but I think he'll... mm, Is he? In the next six years, something like that. Six, four, four five years. But obviously, he's not going to stay um, a lot longer than, like, say, Lando is or anything. He, he isn't the youngest, but he isn't the oldest. I just Googled it, and Checo and Butters are the same, same age. age. And Ricardo is, they're all 332. Really? I mean, I, I feel yeah. so bad to say this, but I did not guess that. I thought Valtteri was like maybe 29, nearly 30, but no. Hey, he looks young for his age. Yeah. They're all three thirty-two. Also, his middle name is Victor. What? <laughs> Valtteri Victor Bottas. Did you know that I just read that recently, like this is now completely off topic, but it has to do with names, that Charles and Carlos are basically the same name, but in different languages. So one is Spanish and one is French, but it's basically the same name. Really? Charles? Yeah. Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. It is the same name, but French and Spanish portion. Yeah, Charles. It's just a little Yes. Just a little fun fact that I know. Daniel Ricardo's middle name is Joseph. I know that for some reason. Do not ask. Daniel Joseph Ricardo. Oh. I didn't know that. I'm researching all the drivers' middle names. <laughs> Did it even all have <laughs> middle so names? So off topic in this. I think Max is isn't he like Max Emilian first? Then yeah. I feel really sorry for Papa? him. Yeah, it's Max Emilian Verstappen. That doesn't even... 
sounded I, think, I can't remember if this is right or not, but I think Pierre has his dad's name as his middle name, so I think it's Pierre Jean-Jacques Gasly. Oh. I'm not sure if that's right, though. Oh. So off topic. Yeah. And like yet the we're so invested. So <laughs> <laughs> we're always so invested in epic things. Like, yeah. Google. Last bit. Checo's full name, surprisingly, is Sergio Michael or Michelle Perez Mendoza. His last name is Mendoza? Yeah, Perez Mendoza. Or I don't know if his middle name is Perez and he changed it. I'm really not sure. This may be like his wife's name. Did he just... I, th- I think so. No, because I don't... I don't think she is Mendoza. She's def- I think she's like... Amps or something. Hang on, let me go check. I don't think it is Mendoza. No, she's Martin- just know- Martinez. Oh, I just know her name is Carola, something like that. Like her first name. I feel like we're prying now. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, she's Martinez, so it's not that. I don't know. Okay. Ooh, sorry, but Lance's last name is not... Yeah, it's Strulovich. Strulovich. I just found that out today. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, maybe what we should bring this that? episode... To- <laughs> Maybe we should bring this episode to an end because I think we've been talking too much off topic than we should yes. have and we so I still hope you liked our summary if you stayed until here we would um love to see a follow on our Instagram or on our TikTok if you haven't done so yet it's pittalk.podcast and stay tuned for the next episode which is going to be in a week because we have the, the Saudi Grand Prix to discuss then. So make sure to check out our socials and come back for the next episode. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to rate us uh, five stars. And if you want, you can also use the Q&A uh, feature to ask us any questions there. So have a nice day. Have a nice race week. And don't forget to check out our socials. Bye.